The sex we expect. A study. Abstract. Think about sex. Bear with me. You don't have to be embarrassed. What are you thinking about? Desperate kissing, knocking things off tables, pretty lingerie, no foreplay, and immediate ejaculation. Sorry, um, can I stop you? Have you ever had any sex like that? No, that's weird. Why would you be imagining something that hasn't actually happened to you, unless it's from a film you once saw? I'm in your head, bitch. That's what you were thinking, and don't even try to say you weren't. Before any of us get carried away with cold readings, really the only appropriate place to begin this investigation is the moment of impact. I pull the covers over my boobs and breathe out. Tyler checks his phone. I met Tyler three hours ago. He nagged me ruthlessly until I came back to his apartment with him. Is he checking Bitcoin? Oh, Jesus Christ. Where did my thong go? As I lean over, my sheet slips and I pull it back up. What am I doing? He literally just came inside me and now I don't want him to see my tits? Oh, shit, he says. Dogecoin's down. But what did I actually feel like when we were having sex? Did I come? Did, did, did it feel good? Why did it matter that I wore nice lingerie? Was it for me or him? Oh, I gotta get out of here. The tick list begins forming in my head. Julia Roberts sheets around her tits. Mila Kunis' tiny frame and tinier lingerie. Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze kissing like they're about to devour each other. And not in a sexy way. In a feral way. Like if I saw them on the streets, I'd call the police. Abstract. There is a sex we expect. It's learnt from things like received knowledge and rumor. But it's reinforced by films, TV, and porn. In a sexual encounter with a stranger, those rules aren't even assumed. They fall upon us like soft rain. We don't even notice it until women are moaning as soon as a man touches their arm. They expect no foreplay, wear uncomfortable lingerie, and come like a boat approaching the harbor. So, who are we doing this for? Out of embarrassment? Or is it what we really want? In this study, I will interrogate this idea and ask what happens when we get the sex we expect and what happens when we don't. Fuck. Chip crumbs. I just washed these sheets. Method. An experiment to be conducted into the outcomes of 1. Embracing the expected routine compared with 2. Doing the opposite of the expected routine. The expected routine will be as followed. 1. Wear nice lingerie. 2. Kish feverishly. 3. Have no foreplay. 4. Moan whenever he does. 5. Come very quickly. 6. Leave straight after. Subject 1. Ryan. The expected routine. As soon as Ryan's key unlocks the door, I kiss him with full force. He kisses me back like he's trying to eat me. Tick. I make some quick judgments about Ryan's apartment. He's got a Peloton. Rich and hot. Okay, got it. His hand snakes down past my neck to my boob. I moan. Tick. And he quickly squeezes both boobs hard, almost honking them. Ryan goes to get under my top to touch my tits. Only poor Ryan hasn't realized I'm wearing a bodysuit and is going full musician with a magic scarf trying to pull it up. I stop him before he gives me a wedgie. 
We both get undressed and we stand in our underwear in his living room. And when I say underwear, I'm in the fucking creme de la creme of underwear. Anyone would be fuckable in this. Dick. No shit, Ryan says. I thought the bathing suit was your underwear. He plonks me down on his sofa. Do you want me to... He asks, vaguely, looking fleetingly towards my crotch. No time, I respond. Tick. Then we fuck. Two minutes later, I come. Back scratching, neighbor wanking. I'll have what she's having orgasm. Tick. Time for the quick exit. Close back on, make my excuse to Ryan, quickly ask how much the Peloton cost. It was two grand. And get out of there. Tick. Now for the opposite. Subject two, Nate. No rush this time. Nate opens the door for me. He's a good-looking guy, and he doesn't try too hard. Suddenly, I'm up against the door. I lightly stop him by putting a hand on his chest. We kiss slowly. Then I stop. Tick. I notice a PlayStation connected to a TV at the end of his bed. What games do you have? I ask. He started eating me out 30 minutes ago. We had started off playing Fallout, which we abandoned within the first five minutes. The underwear I'd chosen is, uh, subpar. I wouldn't say they were my oldest, but they're definitely not my newest. And now they're on the floor. Tick. I've been waiting and waiting for the right place to moan. Tick. And as the Fallout screen loaded repeats again, Nate finally comes up for air. Are you enjoying any of this? He asks, a bit breathless. I smile. We fuck. This time for longer than two minutes. Trying not to moan now is getting very hard. Please, that wasn't a pun. I wouldn't debase myself like that. This is a serious investigation. There's finally no more restraint left and I come. Tick. So does Nate. And we lie in bed together as the loading screen loops once more. Night, Nate. I say as I curl up to sleep, leaving the duvet around my waist. Conclusion. There were things about both encounters I enjoyed. Ryan's heated desperation was sexy, and I loved wearing the lingerie. On the other hand, it never really occurred to me how it's expected women don't need foreplay, and moaning all the time made me feel a bit like a sex doll. Nate, on the other hand, did not spare on the foreplay, and that was very fun. And switching up the pace a bit was pretty hot. But the whole encounter with Nate felt so much more vulnerable, because we didn't get straight down to sex. I asked him to do things I don't think he would have ordinarily done conclude shell did you learn nothing at college the sex we expect is a common language an unspoken idea that two strangers go along with for an hour or two before they never see each other again so it is for both people it saved ryan and i from embarrassment and it made me feel closer to nate because i felt i was vulnerable with him when i asked him to go down on me the sex we expect makes us forget that sex fundamentally is vulnerable you're asking a person into your space your energy, if you want to get hippie with it, which I do. Having anything that can stop us realizing that at the end of the day we're just two humans flopping around in each other's juices is obviously valuable. So what's next? What's next is learning to embrace our own vulnerability. If everyone does this, we'll be confident to ask for what we want and proud to embrace the cliches we find sexy. So what's next for Shell is apparently a text from Nate. Come around for more fallout. Hmm. Now, where did I leave that lingerie? 
Hello, my name is Harper Joseph. I use she, her pronouns. I am currently in New Jersey. Um, I just was really interested in working. Oh, I'm an actor. I'm the actor on the piece. And I was really interested in working with Cake Theater because I am interested in empowering women. I'm interested in women supporting women. And I loved the subject matter. I thought it was really interesting. And I thought it was a space where I could actually also learn. I'm Laura. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the director of the piece. I'm currently based in London um, and I'm interested in creating work that is formally inventive. Um, and I think what drew me to this project was using comedy to talk about taboo subjects. Hello, I'm Minna. I use she, they pronouns. Um, I'm currently living in Nottingham. Um, and I was really interested in doing this project because I'd heard all the stuff that Cake had done with the first season. Um, and I'm interested in, in trying something new with the, with the audio form. Um, and it was really great working with these guys. So, yeah. Amazing. So let's talk about the sex we expect. Um, Minna, over to you. I would love to hear about what inspired you to write the piece, how you found the process of drafting and redrafting it. Yeah, um, I think what inspired me to, to write it was a kind of um, just, just a, a growing realisation about how codified sex is. And, and, you know, it, in this thing, it's particularly heterosexual sex. Um, and how, even if we acknowledge that it's impacted by our society and our media, it's very hard to actually stop that connection. It's hard to sever it completely. You know, even if you're able to go, oh my God, why do I always wear this or do this in sex? you can't actually go, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that, that Pete explores in general. <laughs> My process for it, to be honest, was a lot of Googling um, <laughs> cliches in rom-coms, sex cliches in films, cliches, sex, like that kind of stuff, which was very cool for my history on my computer. Um, didn't make me look like a perv at all. Um, and yeah, no, it, but it was interesting in kind of writing the script and then passing it over to Laura and Harper. Um, and it, the thing I found most interesting was how quickly you guys resonated with it. And when we talked about it in the kind of redrafting process, you know, it was one of those things where I, I was slightly apprehensive because I was like, what if this is really just a me thing? And I'm going to give it to them and they're going to be like, we, we don't feel the same. And I'm going to seem like a right weirdo. So I'm really glad that you guys like resonated with it and we were able to kind of create something that, that I think is a, maybe a fairly universal thing for, for, you know, women when they're in sexual relationships. So yeah. Harper, what was it like for, um, for you getting the scripts and putting your own kind of spin on it? And what, what, did, what things did you find when you were, when you were going through that? Yeah, honestly, it really resonated with me. As you're saying, like, the moment we read it, we were like, oh, my gosh, like, this has happened, or I have a friend that this has happened to. Oh, yes, that's so awkward. And I love that. I love that scripts can connect us. Like, we're all very different people, and that literally we read a script, and we are connected, and we understand, and it's like this spoken language, this unspoken language that 
we didn't tell each other like, oh yes, this is what happens. Like we just knew it and we felt it and we're like, yeah, that's uncomfortable. Um, for me, I'm actually very like, I guess uncomfortable when it comes to the topic of sex. I really am. I don't know why, but I mean, I do. It's taboo. It's controversial and right not. And so doing this, um, this piece, it, it, it did feel very liberating. I was like, oh, I can just, I can, I can talk about it. I can speak about it. I can, I felt connected to the piece. It was amazing and it was phenomenal. And yeah, I loved it. I really did enjoy it. And I did feel like it made me feel like also not alone because I've had these experiences and I'm like, wow, uh, other people also have these experiences. And it's just so lovely to feel not alone in this big, crazy world. Yeah, I think that's what's really cool about it is it like combines an experience that and a perspective that feels really universal. But textually and formally, it's really unusual, I think. I think what I love the most about it is that structurally it creates comedy in like the tensions between the different voices and modes that the character switches in and out of. Um, and I wasn't expecting it, but sound effects ended up being really important to the piece. Um, so I put those in kind of at the end. Um, I had quite a fun time layering, like trying to make the sound of people having sex by layering bed spring sounds, sounds of different people breathing at different frequencies and like sitting there, spending ages lining them up until it was like, yeah, okay, that looks, that sounds realistic. <laughs> Cool. Right. Thank you so much.